And there's all these buyers agents who've popped up in the last two years. And I, I have to be honest, I feel sorry for them because they've worked in a market where Ronald McDonald could do their job. Now you have to prove that you're a brilliant negotiator. You understand the market. Now is where in this market that experience, that technique really comes into play. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. What can I say about my guest today? We've met his family, we've seen how he works with Australia's top agents, and we feel like we're at times part of the sometimes rocky bromance with Gavin Rubenstein. My guest today is Spring Cover Agent and Lux Listing star Simon Cohen, the founder of Australia's largest buyer's agency, Cohen Handler. So welcome back to the show, I guess, Simon, because you have been on the show before. Thanks, Sam. It's good to be back and appreciate you having me. Yeah, amazing. Last time we caught up, the second season of Lux Listing Sydney had just been released and you finished filming the third season or the the third season had been finished filming a while ago, but it's set to go to air in October. I know you can't give too much away, but how does the third season of our favourite homegrown real estate reality show shape up? Um, I actually reckon it's the the best season. I feel like you know, as seasons go on, we all get a lot more comfortable with cameras around and you you, you become a lot more of yourself. Um, obviously, I hate how I look and sound in it, but I think it's, it's, it's the best season yet. And all of us have actually said the exact same thing. I think it's more natural. It's relaxed. The houses are wow. You know, it's, it's cool. I think everyone will enjoy it. Gavin's given us a few clues because he was on the podcast recently. Are you are you able to give us anything of what we might see? Just a little snippet. Um, you might see some a bit more of uh, Australia's favourite celebrity. You might see a bit more drama between the usual uh, <laughs> subjects. You'll see some pretty epic houses. Yeah, I mean, I watched it a while ago, so I, to be honest. I can't even really remember that much. Yeah, it, it does. It sort of happens. Uh, it's funny when the show airs, you can actually see things happening that, you know, sort of came out in the news a while ago, but it, look, it doesn't stop us loving you'll it. You'll see deals, you know, you'll see negotiations, you know, there'll be sort of edge of your seat moments. Like there's there's good stuff. Did you ever expect that the show would become so popular? Absolutely not. I mean, it is mind-blowing how popular it is. I just came back from Europe, actually, and I was stopped by someone in this little village in Puglia who didn't speak English, who who recognised me, people in Paris, people in Singapore. Um, it's it's really amazing the uh, 
the effort Amazon put together to make the show so good that it's become so popular. And I guess it's done a lot of good things for business. It's been a great thing for business. I mean, the awareness it's built around the world about what buyers agents do, especially in Australia, the awareness it's built for all of my buyers agents and Cohen Handler, um, it, it really has been amazing for us. We've, we've been very lucky that our, our clientele has grown dramatically from local and around the world. Um, and, you know, that, that is testament to the show. And we've been very fortunate that it's been so positive and people have been able to see what we do, the value we add, um, and who we are. And I mean, look, we could talk about Lux listings all day, but we might save that for October when it um, when it comes out. Yeah, you guys get one of the only interviews, so uh, yeah, let's save a bit for when it comes out, right? I, I I know we'll have to we'll have to save something, and I'm sort of hoping that there'll be another you know another big launch and stuff like that because that was super fun last time. For the exclusive. Yeah, I got to sit next to Gavin's dad, so it was that was very very cool. Oh, uh, good. Let's talk about buyers agents because I'm keen to get a bit of an insight. As as you quite rightly say, and it's certainly come to my attention, is that we've seen a lot more buyers agents um, make themselves known to us over the last, you know, sort of 12 months when the show's been out. And I think, you know, partly partly you're responsible for that, like because people are actually looking at buyers agents now with a bit of a different lens. Um, so let's take a bit of a step back in your career um, you mentioned that you've always been a deal maker and rumour has it that your first major deal involves selling not real estate but your mum's car. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think I was 12 or 13 and um, we were talking about mum getting a new car. So uh, I went to school the next day, heard some people needed to buy a car and that afternoon I had sold my mum's car. I kind of uh, <laughs> got used to and enjoy the art of selling. So it started a long time ago. Yeah. You started out in Double Bay in an area that was still known to some of the biggest names in real estate. So, you know, back when you started, we were talking about people like Bart Doff and um, Bill Maloof and Ken Jacobs. Were they some of the people that inspired you to become an agent? Like what inspired you to get into property? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say I was inspired to get into property. I was so passionate to get into property. So that's what got me into property. The people who inspired me were definitely, you know, the Bills and the Barts and the Kens. You know, I was from the North Shore of Sydney. It was a less affluent area than the eastern suburbs. They were selling these multi-million dollar mega mansions and had these lifestyles I thought were amazing. And so as a young kid, those were the things that that inspired me. What inspired me about, you know, those three gentlemen and others, Michael Pallia, is how well they had done out of it, how they had made it their lifestyle and their career, and they were known as the go-to people. And they, what what was inspirational to me was that they were attraction businesses, and I always wanted to be an attraction business, and so. That's what sort of inspired me about them. What was the Eastern Suburbs like at the time that you entered real estate? Because I imagine things have changed quite a bit since then. All that's really changed are the prices. It's where everyone (laughs) wants to live. Um, It's a great, great part of the world. Um, 
it's most affluent part of Australia. Um, it's highly competitive. So I don't think much has changed except, you know, what was a $5 million waterfront back then is now a $50 million waterfront. Yeah, it's amazing how, um, how the prices have changed over that period of time. Yeah, real estate's a great place to park your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's fast forward a little bit. You're doing well as an agent. What made you take the plunge to do something different and become a buyer's agent? So I had been an agent for five years. I was really enjoying it, but I was I was really just somehow naturally drawn to working with buyers. I did a lot of buyer work. I was showing. I was trying to find properties for buyers. I, you know, I, I just had this idea that without the buyer. There's no deal and no one really took the buyer seriously. And so I was showing, you know, all my buyers as much as I could, but I could really only show them the stuff that Ray White Double Bay had, which is what I worked at the time. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, there's got to be a formal way to do this. And I'm like, what about all the other off-market stock that Barr has and Bill has and John Smith has and Joe Blog has and all these people? And I also coupled that with, a passion to to sort of build a, a brand and a culture that people wanted to work at, right? Um, I really wanted to create something cool and something fun and a place where, where everyone could be successful and everyone thrived off each other's success rather than a sort of dog-eat-dog, you know, negative competitive environment. And so I decided that, at 24, 25, if I didn't do it now, I'd never do it. And I decided to take the plunge uh, and start a buyer's agency, something no one had ever heard of, something everyone told me I was crazy to do, something that was scary and daunting, but something I'm pretty happy I decided to do. And, I mean, how was it received at the time? Because in Australia, like to compare with somewhere like the USA where there's always two sides to a transaction or two agents in a transaction, in Australia, um, listing agents, you know, I think in the beginning they were a little bit scared in terms of, you know, are, are they going to eat in, is having a buyer's agent going to mean my commission's going to be less, et cetera, et cetera. How did you find it in the beginning? So... Even my own family told me I was crazy. One of the only people who said I would kill it is actually Gavin. Um, I had worked with Gavin at Ray White at the end of my time there. Um, and there was this huge inertia from the marketplace. You know, as you say, agents were were scared. You know, they, they wanted to know where we fitted into the puzzle. Are we trying to cut their grass? So not only was this there was this huge education piece to the buyers and the public around what we do, but there was this education piece, this almost prove yourself piece to the agents on how we added value, how we helped them, how we worked together, how we fit into part of the service. And so it was very, very difficult, but also very exciting. You know, we were young, starting a business. We were passionately excited about what we were doing. So all of that stuff, whilst it was negative and, and bad when I look back on it now, it, it wasn't a deterrent for us. It was a hurdle that we just wanted to jump over and we knew we were going to. 
So this all happened in 2009 as well, which was sort of like on the back of the GFC. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced as a result of that? Because we're sort of coming into, well, it's not another GFC, but definitely there's been a bit of a change in the market. Well, we were opening a business during a global financial crisis, a business that no one knew about, a business that charged fees that no one wanted to pay for. So we had a lot of challenges. One, getting people to understand what we do. Two, getting people to trust us. And three, getting them to pay us. Um, they were all hurdles, but I'm not someone who ever gets deterred or steps away. When I see something as a speed hump or a hurdle, for me, there's always a way over it or around it. And so I look back on it and I think to myself, what a great time to have started a business because we started in a time where People were so cautious and so weary. We learned how to navigate through one of the toughest and most uncertain markets ever. And there's all these buyers agents who popped up in the last two years. And I have to be honest, I feel sorry for them because they've worked in a market where Ronald McDonald could do their job. Now you have to prove that you're a brilliant negotiator. You understand the market. You're going to advise them correctly. And now is where in this market that experience, that technique really comes into play. And so I feel like having started back then in such a tough time has almost built the backbone of what has been the success of our business as far as, you know, um, experience and, and, and those sorts of things go. Absolutely. And so we've seen on the show, you know, uh, look, the eastern suburbs is a small place. I, I When I first moved to Sydney, I lived in the eastern suburbs and you sort of couldn't walk down New South Head Road without tripping over someone you know. And I, <laughs> and I imagine that it's even, you know, more amplified in real estate. How do you go about forging good relationships with the other agents um, and keeping them? Because, you know, like I imagine, you know, it is very competitive out there. So, um, balancing the needs of everyone must be very tricky. Our job, you know, and why we are who we are is we have very strong relationships, long-standing, deep relationships with the real estate agents. One, that's because we've been doing it so long, longer than anyone else. But two, the backbone of our business has always been, been on ethics and integrity. And I strongly believe if you do the right thing, a lot of people think you have to be a dog or it's, you know, very cutthroat. I don't have that philosophy. My philosophy is if you do the right thing by everyone, you do the integral thing, that real estate agents are going to trust you. They're going to want to continue to work with you. And so having had that philosophy coupled with the fact that more recently, say in the last four years, um, it's gotten stronger. We're known to have the best clientele, the, the who's who, the people who will deliver. Um, that, that's been very good for us. And I think just doing the right thing, being honest, being transparent. If a property is not right, getting back to the agent, you know, doing what you can in, 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 in an integral, honest way, backed by having clients that are going to deliver for me, has been the key to these strong relationships. Yeah. Given that you started in a really tough time and, um, you know, the market is quite interesting at the moment, if there was anyone listening to this thinking, I wouldn't mind breaking into being a buyer's agent, what sort of advice would you give them? 
I would say that, you know, Warren Buffett says buy shares when the market crashes. To me, it's the same thing. I don't think the market's crashed by any stretch of the imagination. But the point I'm trying to make is if you can make it in the market that's weak, you can make it in any market. And you'll be even stronger in a good market. And so I think anyone who's thinking about getting into it, now is an incredible time because you're only going to build on your strengths. You're only going to build on the things you need. You'll train better, you know. I hope I'm explaining it the right way. And I think it's a, it's it's such an opportune time. I also think, you know, the weaker agents are gonna gonna leave because it's not as easy as it used to be. And you know, I've just always had the philosophy that if you want to be a high performing agent, whether it's sales or buyers, you want to be an absolute weapon in soft markets. So when the markets are strong, you just you you continually know what you got to do. The thing I've seen people where I've seen them go undone is in good markets they've gotten complacent or arrogant, and things have fallen in their lap, and they've forgotten or not ever had the chance to learn the things you need to do when things change. And I think that's you know the most important thing to being a consistently good writer. I feel like what you're describing there is is almost like if you want to run a marathon, train for it in the rain because then if it happens to be sunny on race day, then all the better. Absolutely. Same as, I mean, F1's hot right now. If you're an F1 driver, practice in the rain. Yeah. You know, you'll take those corners much better if it's dry, but at least you're prepared. Yeah, that's it. And we know that every storm has to run out of rain sooner or later. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about your growth since then. So you've now got offices all over Australia, which some people might not be aware of. You've got offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Perth and Brisbane. Um, tell me a little bit about what the Cohen Handler business looks like today. So we're a nationwide business, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth. Uh, we have buyers agents all over that all, all specialise in core areas. So the difference with our business is we are area experts um, you get a lot of one and two man band buyers agents who try cover everywhere. At Cohen Handling, you've got people who specialize in specific areas. I think one, it makes them much higher performing agents because they own a market. And two, it gives our customers a point of difference, uh, an area of expert and something that no one else can offer. And so our business, you know, we're very lucky. I mean, behind me, you see a couple of awards from Smart Company. We've been named, you know, fastest growing company twice, which has been really cool. Um, I think just that brand and our team have helped us grow and open into new markets, which we'll be opening into more soon. And and so that's that's what our growth's been about, you know, building out area experts, being able to offer the marketplace uh, everything it needs and being able to make sure our team don't fight over each other. You, you I've not once in however many years it's been since 2009 had an issue in here over a client ever. Yeah, that's definitely nice. And I mean, what people might not um, appreciate about you as well, and we're just, there's another story on in the magazine, um, is that you um, have diversified into other areas like premium property management. And we're also seeing weirdly, well, not weirdly, but we're seeing a trend towards a rise in renters' agents because you know, the market's so competitive for rental properties right now. Um, and also a dedicated commercial buyer's agency. Um, 
which I which I wish I'd known about before we moved to Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> but um, how did how did these come about in your business? You know, naturally, like a lot of my clients ended up wanting commercial property too, and I'm not a commercial expert. And I met Taz, who's an amazing, amazing commercial mind, and we ended up, long story short, um, launching Costi Cohen, which is a full service commercial buyers agency. And it's just, it's something the market needed and it just taken off. Um, and it's been those same values, those same ethics, the same cool marketing and culture that has, you know, seen that take off. And, you know, we're working with some of the greatest clientele in the world looking for commercial, industrial and development property. And so that, you know, I believe in two things. The right people come come along at the right time. And when there's a gap in the market, you'll just know it. You, you can never pick it. You'll just know it. And, and if you open at the right time, doing the right things, it'll work. And what about the rental side of things? Has that been big for you as well? Huge. I mean, we buy a lot of investment properties or clients move overseas. And so we, uh, we've grown a very big rental business. And so there's more growth on the agenda for you with international plans ahead. Can you tell us a little bit about where uh, Cohen Handler might be, might head overseas? I'd love to, but I just have to stay tuned. <laughs> I felt that coming. Unfortunately, everyone copies what we do, you know, and it, yeah. we just have to be tight-lipped for our, um, our launches. But, yeah, everyone just copies us. Everyone tells me to take it as a compliment, but I just can't spill that right now. Yeah. Know how you feel sometimes. Yeah, I bet you do. So where do you see yourself in 10 years' time or where where would you like to be in 10 years' time? I think my business is servicing every market that needs our service. So whether that be everywhere nationally, in great places internationally, I see our brand continuing growth continuing what we're doing, you know, the thing I love the most and, and the best part about being a business owner is having people come on board and watching them grow and seeing them succeed and seeing them turn into top agents. And I just want to continue doing that over the next 10 years. You know, I still feel like I'm young. I've got a lot to do. Um, I love being a buyer's agent. And so I kind of want to just keep doing what I'm doing, growing the team, seeing people succeed around me, being part of a high-performing office. You know, I don't want very much to change. Yeah, well, if, if I had your job, I don't think I would either, actually. I think, you It's know, a pretty fun job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like watching, watching that TV show, I feel like you're, you're the one that's having the most fun all the time. And there's a lot of stress. I look tired because I was up till like 1 a.m. negotiating a deal. I'm pretty exhausted today, but it's also very exciting. So, Yeah, well, I can, um, you know, I've just sort of dunked my toe into the water of, of looking at uh, properties to buy and I can definitely see how having someone taking the stress of auctions and negotiation away from you would be a very good thing. Yeah, no, it's uh... – it's a good thing. Plus getting you all the off-market properties. So uh, we're going to have to get you an agency agreement. We'll get you signed up after this. <laughs> well, I, I would expect no less. I'll give you a good deal. Don't worry. So, you know 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the other thing that I want to talk to you about, um, obviously, is um, a lot of real estate businesses are family businesses and yours is no different um, because you've got, you know, some of your family in um, in your business as well. And can we talk a little bit, bit about your mum, Jen's role in the business because she's a definite favourite with our team. Um, we always love it when she gets a bit of airtime in the show. What's it like working with your mum? She's become like a, a everyone favourite. I can't go out with her without people being like, oh my God. <laughs> Jen. Um, I have to say I'm incredibly lucky because to have her who runs the business like it's her own is so dedicated to it like it's her own but it also looks after all of the finances and that sort of stuff. So I don't have to worry about it. And I can, who can you trust more than your mum? It has been an amazing blessing for me. And it has also helped the culture of this business be like a family business. And that's something I'm very grateful to because we all, because it started out kind of just us, it's turned into everyone feeling like a family and we all look out for each other. And that's, that's a very cool part of it. This office, when people leave to do other things, the one thing they say the most is they miss the culture here because everyone is incredibly close and protective of each other. Yeah. That's really, really nice. Um, so let's round off a bit about with something about what you're seeing in the city market at the moment. Um, what's happening in the premium end of town? Strong. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of buyers and very little good quality stock. And so prices are still holding up, unfortunately. But you know, we're finding we're finding a few gems as far as deals go. Um, and we've been lucky enough to see some of those deals that I was seeing back in 2009. Um, so it's an interesting market. And I revert back to what I was saying before. In this market, as a buyer's agent, you have to know what to look for. You want to make sure you're not the schmuck who overpays for something. Um, so you really need to know your market, understand your market, have those strong relationships, you know, and be able to 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 monitor it and, and make sure your clients are, are making the right decision. I think also too, we should mention, um, you know, with offices all around. Australia, um, you know, some people might be under the impression that you only deal in the top end of the market, but um, but you also buy properties of all price ranges and things like that for other people. What are you seeing at, you know, the mid or lower end of the market? I would say as a company, our average price is probably $2 million. What I'm seeing sub $3 million is the market's definitely softened. There's no question about it. Yeah. And are there different skills that um, that you would need in a softening market right now? As a buyer's agent? Yeah. The skill to understand your market, the skill to negotiate harder, the skill to read the room, the skill to uncover opportunities that are out there. You know, I think you still need to be skilled if you want to be successful at this and you want to really give your clients what they deserve. And I guess one, a couple of last, a couple of last questions, actually. So if, if I was a listing agent right now, give me the 10 second elevator pitch as to why it is really good to work with a buyer's agent over just working straight direct with a consumer. 
Well, you're dealing with someone who knows what they're doing. They know how to close. You know they've got a legitimate qualified buyer and there's going to be no mucking around. So if there is offer and acceptance, it's a deal that you can consider done. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of listing agents would like to hear those words right now as well. You know, it's so interesting. I assess my business at the end of every year and if I had a pie chart or, you know, and I look at the volume of deals I do compared to the agents I do them with, I would say 95% of the deals I do are with five agents and then the top five agents in my area because they know that when they get something, they call me and if I ever buy, the deal will get done. And it's so interesting that it's the top performers, the people who don't need buyers agents are the ones who come to us the most because they see how easy we make the process for them and how valuable we are. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Recently, we sort of sent you over to Daniel Summer's studio over in Chippendale for a photo shoot to be on the cover of the spring edition of Elite Agent, which is traditionally our biggest issue. Um, how was that experience for you? Did they look after you? It was awesome. He's a great photographer, very creative. We had a super fun time. I got to shoot myself a bit. We shot with some of the team, which was really cool. It was, it was, a, great, it was a great morning. Yeah, and I'm sure um, the re- the results, I haven't seen them yet, but I'm sure the results are amazing. Well, as long as you've heavily, heavily, heavily airbrushed me, I'm sure they'll look okay. <laughs> I don't think we need to. I think all that TV experience has just made you a pro at all this, so um, so all good. But um, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. It's amazing to have you here and thanks for taking the time out of, of your busy schedule. Um, I ask one final question of all of my guests on the podcast and that's if there was one last piece of advice or takeaway for our listeners, what would it be? I think your reputation's everything. And whatever you're doing, whether you're a sales agent or a buyer's agent, your reputation is going to follow you wherever you go. I was about to hire someone yesterday and four of us interviewed this person and four of us thought they were great. And we called some references and the references were all really bad. And um, we're not going to hire them because of that. And the point I'm trying to make is you never know what's going to happen, whether you want to list someone, whether you want to, you know, as a sale or it's a purchase, your reputation is the most important thing. So whilst it might be easy to do something dishonest or unethical to make a quick buck, if you're in it for the long game, you know, that quick buck's irrelevant because what will come back in spades is far greater than, than what you're risking. Yeah, that's great advice. Simon Cohen, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com. 